This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Here is your guest host, Jane Brown. What does it mean to be regular? How do you know if you're constipated? Are you in pain? Are you struggling with this as part of your daily life? Well, we've got the expert with us this half hour. Pharmacist Billy Chung joins me in studio from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Nice to see you, Billy. Hi, Jane. Nice to see you, too. Uh, to answer those questions, constipation, how how common is it? Good topic, right? Yeah, well, topic. Yeah, it affects everybody. Even if it doesn't affect you all the time, it affects you from time to time. Yeah, and I, I think um, what we need to make sure everyone understands is that there's a definition for constipation. And some people who may think they have constipation may not actually be a fully, full-blown, defined chronic constipation. Um, some people, uh, as they age as well, their body changes and the frequency in terms of when they need to have have a bowel movement also may change as well. So it's different from one person to another. And um, if somebody is having at least three movements a week uh, on a regular basis, then that may that isn't necessarily defined as constipation. So uh, probably the first thing you do when you're actually talking to either your doctor or your pharmacist and things like that is to really actually find out what exactly is the situation, what the condition is. And it, it might get even very graphic to really be, be a better understand a description of even what your stools look like uh, to, to understand what what is happening there. So considering what is normal is different for everybody. everybody but Because yeah. you say three times a week can be normal. Yeah. And yet for somebody who's used to going every day or yeah. multiple times a yeah. day, that would feel like constipation. Yes, exactly. Right. So if something changes. So in other words, if you're used to doing uh, having once a day movements, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm only getting three movements a week, then there's a significant change there where it needs to be looked at, right? But if over time you've been used to when you're younger having a movement every day, and then suddenly it's like, you know, maybe it's every every day and then every other day, and then it starts to transition, then that needs to be looked into a little bit further to see if is, is it actually normal for your body. Maybe what's happening is your body's adjusted and, and uh, just that's how your system works, right? Now, if you're getting less than three movements a week, then there probably is some concern there in terms of just the definition is that there, there may be some constipation there. I think that's probably getting close to having some an issue of where your system is not actually clearing out what it needs to clear out. Is it fair to say that diet would be the biggest contributor to whether you're constipated or not? There's actually, I'd say, a number of elements that everyone needs to consider. And it's also the same thing in terms of how it's treated in terms of what's best as possible. So diet, definitely big factor. And the key piece from a diet perspective would be fiber intake. And uh, I think if you take a look at kind of just generally how people get fiber and how much fiber they get, it's very challenging. And especially if you're not eating as much down the road, maybe your um, uh, your kids are out of the house and you're, you're, you're on your own and you're not cooking as much, things like that. You typically um, may not be cooking the same way. You, you're eating things that maybe don't have as much fiber in it. And that's one of the contributors. The other one is fluid intake, which is huge. And uh, recommendations usually between 
six, eight glasses of water or fluids a day throughout the day. And uh, if you're not getting that, again, that's not going to be very helpful uh, to your situation. And then lastly is uh, consideration for around just regular physical activity. So again, having regular movement, motion, activity, things like that also contributes to a good bowel system. Because you're moving all the muscles, everything's yeah, kind of working. The, when you look at your uh, your bowels, one of the key things there is just the uh, musculature, right? So uh, if your musculature is not strong, then you're not going to get that type of uh, uh, good activity in your body. You mentioned fiber. Uh, fiber's not necessarily what we think that it is, right? It used to be that we thought okay. of fibers purely as grains, but there is fiber in, especially in produce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've got this fantastic chart here that, uh, and I would encourage anyone who's look, looking into this, you just need to look on the internet about what's, what are good sources of fiber, but you can get it from fruits, vegetables, cereals, uh, breads, and nuts, right? But there are some big key things, right? So vegetables, I mean, when you look at um, beans, pinto beans, chickpeas, th- uh, things like that, lots of fiber, right? Same with uh, fruits. You're looking at raspberries, blackberries, plums, prunes, things like that as well. Um, and then cereals do have a lot of fiber, but what you're looking at is probably things that are like 100% bran, right? You're looking for that type of a, a content. Uh, and then nuts. If you like nuts, those that's also a great source of fiber as well. But uh, I encourage people just to look, on, uh, look online. You'll find some good resources. It gives you the good list and you can kind of see what's higher in fiber versus things that are less in fiber. Uh, and then we can talk about maybe some of the supplementation. If you don't think you can get get that, then uh, you can, when you get, go to the pharmacy, uh, talk to your pharmacist about Facilium, uh, which is, and you might have heard, it's, it's called Metamucil sometimes, but there's different brands available. Um, but that's also just, it's supplemental fiber. It's when you can't get it from your diet. Again, best to get it from your diet, but if you can't get enough, then you can look at that supplementation. Um, but you need to have, when you have fiber, that second thing I talked about, the water, the fluids, you need to have that as well. because it, It's still up in the air, isn't it, as to whether coffee and tea can contribute towards your six to eight glasses of water? Or is it better <laughs> if you just go straight up water and then whatever you have on top of that is a bonus? Well, the, the other factor is you probably don't want to have six or eight glasses of, wa- of, of coffee or tea a day, a, right. a day either, right? So uh, I'm a big fan of saying water uh, is, is very good for you. It's healthy. It's free. <laughs> it comes right out of your tap. And, and for all of us, we have very clean water and it's it's easy to go with so uh the water critical uh if you're having a lot of fiber without the water you could actually get constipated so keep that in mind because you're increasing bulk without the the, the nothing to move the, it along the, the yeah. Bulk, the, yeah you need the stool to be soft enough to get along Okay, 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. Your questions for our pharmacist, Billy Chung, related to constipation or any other pharmaceutical queries you may have today. Let's go to Dwayne in London. Hi, Dwayne. You're on Zoomer Radio. Dwayne? Yeah, it's Wayne. Oh, hi, uh, Wayne. My question, my question to the pharmacist, I've had arthritis for the last 25 years, and right now I'm on a heavy dose of narcotics. And I battle constipation week in and week out. And I may only go once a week as well for that. This, could he give me any ideas how I could improve that, yeah. please? Uh, so i got a couple of questions for you. Um, one question is, are you taking anything along with your, uh, your medication to help prevent or minimize that, um, uh, the constipation from the narcotic? What do I take, Jane? Um, Restorlax. Okay, so you are taking something then. And yes, has that sir. been ongoing? Yep. Ongoing, okay. How long have you been on the Restorlax for? Well, 
I'm a, see, once I go for a couple of days, I don't take it every day or I'd be going to the washroom all the time. So once I do have a decent bowel movement, then, then I will stop it. And then, oh, maybe five days later, four days later, I'll continue on. But if I took it every day, I'd be going to the washroom all the time. And okay. I can't have that neither. <laughs> uh, second question. Have, uh, what has your, have you, I'm assuming you might have spoken with your doctor, your pharmacist about this yeah. as well, right? Mm-hmm. So what have they said about this? Well, they have told me, uh, like you say, you drink lots of water yeah. and uh, exercise. Yeah. And uh, what else have they said, Jane? Well, and again, Restorlax. Yeah, okay. So what it sounds like, there's a couple of things here. So the Restorlax, the way it works, it's, just, it's an osmotic um, laxative. So what it does is it helps to bring more fluid into your, yeah. um, your intestines. It helps to soften up the stools, which is what the opioid, the narcotics you're taking, is, is causing. And that slows down the movement and, and so forth, right? So yeah. it, I, I think uh, what you're hearing, it, it, first of all, is that the advice is that, yeah, you've you got to work on the fiber and the fluid intake, obviously, yeah. uh, and lots of fluids in, in your case. Um, but the other thing to consider is also just a balance of maybe how often you take that Restorolax in combination with the uh, with your pain medication, um, and I would say speak with your pharmacist and doctor about just how often you should have it because if it's causing, it's kind of like you, you either constipated or with Restorolax is coming out too fast. <laughs> so yeah. maybe that needs to be balanced a little bit better. So I think speak with them about how maybe you balance how often you have the laxative. And maybe it's not a Restorolax. Maybe the dose of your Restorolax is a little bit too strong, stuff like that. But there's maybe a way to adjust it so you can mm-hmm. take it. Because my take on it would be is you probably need to Restorolax a little bit more regularly since you're on the pain medication uh-huh. on the, all the time every day. And that should hopefully balance it out because once a week is not enough, right? Like you really need to clear your system a little bit more okay. than that. Okay. Hey, Wayne? Hey, yep, thank you very okay, much. Okay, thank you for calling in. 416-360-0740-1-866-744-740. Billy Chung from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association joins me. I'm Jane for Libby. Uh, he was mentioning Restorolax. Is that a laxative that your bowel can get a bit lazy on? Because there are some that um, that promote slower yeah. movement in your bowels. Yeah, so there's different types of uh, laxatives out there to help with constipation. And really, it depends on the situation and uh, what's happening with the person. And that'll affect what gets recommended first, second, sometimes in combination, right? So um, the, the the first line of treatment usually is the uh, additional fiber intake, obviously, and the fiber supplement, and that's the first attempt, right? Um, but then there's things such as a stimulant laxative, which basically helps to stimulate the movement of your bowels to kind of push things out. Um, those work fine, assuming that what can be pushed out can be pushed out, right? So if the stools are too hard or firm, then you may need something to draw a little bit more water in to soften it up, right? So there's stimulant laxatives. Those are the ones that if you use too often, you can start kind of getting that reverse effect. Your body gets used to it all of a sudden. And, and you just, need the medication for it to happen. Yeah, yeah. and without the medication, it doesn't know what to do, right? Yes. So it's, uh, you got to be careful with those, and that's why when you go to the pharmacy, they're usually, you don't have it in huge doses and large packages because you really shouldn't be using those on a long-term basis. Um, the osmotic ones, so, such as the Restorolax and things like that, can be used a little bit longer. It needs to be obviously monitored with a healthcare professional, whether it's your doctor, your pharmacist, and whatnot, just to make sure that not something else is being masked by it. Um, but that one really helps the body draw more water into your system. So it, it, it is something that uh, can be used a little bit longer term, especially in this case where somebody's on regular pain medications. It is something that actually is recommended as a preventative, right? Okay. Um, yeah. One more quick call and then we'll go to break. Keith in Rochester, you're on Zoomer Radio. Yes, a rule of thumb in 
we're all adults here, the less dirty your stool, the less constipation you'll have. I never get constipated. I'm very regular. I exercise. People have to get up and get moving. I jog. I lift weights. I swim. And I'm, I'm 61, and I know I could outbox some 31-year-olds. <laughs> Sorry about Wayne. I really am with the arthritis, but you've got to keep moving even with arthritis. And you never, in the words of the, the uh, Mr. Chung, you never let your stool get that hard, people, that, it, that it's that dirty. You'll never have constipation if you keep moving in all ways in your body. Well, uh, Billy, that's uh, thank you, Keith, for calling in. That was one of your big three, was regular physical exercise. Yeah, yeah, you, you have to have it. It's, uh, those three components are, are, are their best treatment for prevention of constipation. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. We're talking about remedies for constipation and why that can be the case sometimes with our trusted contributor Billy Chung at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. We'll get back to the phones here in just a moment. Remind you of the number 416-360-0741-866-744-740. We've discussed the need for the proper amount of fiber in your diet. Mm-hmm. six to eight glasses of water, regular physical activity. Yep. And we've also spoken about some fiber supplements and laxatives. There are other remedies as well. I don't know if they're as recommended, but uh, mineral oil. Yep. When I was getting out of the hospital after surgery, they I drank some mineral oil because they yep. wanted to make sure I went before I left the hospital. It worked. Yep, it uh, but it's is that something that you sh- could use regularly? It's just not something uh, as commonly used anymore from an uh, over-the-counter perspective or as recommended because some of the other... Um, medications we talked about already is just much more effective with less side effects and issues and things like that. So uh, if anyone is using mineral oil, uh, I'd probably say just make sure you do talk with your doctor or your pharmacist around it because it it, it works a little bit differently. It's a lubricant. It, it, it causes things to move past faster through your system, but that's not always the best way to make it happen based on some of the other things that are, that are there. So I'd say there's other options. You'll, you'll also know that uh, before you go in for procedures like a colonoscopy, there's uh, certain mixtures of drinks that you you can that, that you're advised to take, and that clears your system very fast, right? And again, you can buy those at the pharmacy, but you're not getting those regularly. You're really getting those under supervised uh, situations where you're you're taking for a specific reason. And are the old-fashioned treatments of enemas, suppositories, are those recommended anymore? Again, very specific, but uh, yeah, I mean, glycerin suppositories they work. They work fairly quickly to get the stimulant moving of your body to say, yeah, I got to get something out. Um, so it happens, but typically, again, very specific cases of constipation where you just haven't been able to move something and the doctor wants you to get get something out of your system, uh, then that would that would happen as well. So that happens faster than something you would ingest? Yeah. The uh, glycerin suppositories will stimulate the movement in your uh, in your bowels and your lower, lower intestines. Or is, what might it be for cases where people... Uh, don't uh, deal very well with the laxatives that you ingest. Yeah, if someone can't orally take something, then yeah. that's the whole reason why suppositories even exist, right? So the whole idea here is you want to have a whole kind of list of options available. And then depending on the person's circumstance and situation, there's usually a first line, second line, third line kind of options that you would take. And uh, everybody's different. 
and situations are different, and that's why the, the choices come about that way. Let's talk about uh, uh, when you would see your doctor about constipation. I mean, certainly uh, a good first step would be to go to your pharmacist mm-hmm. and have that conversation, and the pharmacist yes. would either direct you towards something you could take at the drugstore or that you should be off to see your doctor. Yeah, your pharmacist is actually excellent to be available as kind of that triage person uh, to really know what your situation is, follow-up. So in other words, if you've taken something for constipation, then um, make sure you speak to your pharmacist, or maybe your pharmacist is automatically going to follow up with you uh, after a few days to see how you're doing, after a week to see how you're doing. Uh, but there does come a point where, you know what, if you haven't had a movement for a while, if there's any other situations like pain or, or, or other things that are happening in your body that is not normal, then that's when your pharmacist or even yourself, you should identify those symptoms to say, yeah, this is not normal, then you need to go see your doctor about it. Um, uh, there are prescription um, uh, laxatives as well that are much stronger than what's available over the counter. And uh, those are usually, again, reserved for those situations where somebody just uh, definitely the regular options have not worked. Is that right? There, there are prescription laxatives. Are. So you don't have, I mean, like there are some that are terrible. <laughs> X-lax, I'm thinking of, that, that people used to use a long time ago. They're stronger than that. Yeah, there, there's actually prescription only. The doctors prescribed, uh, they worked. I mean, and there's just, uh, there's people, for example, with um, IBS, irritable syndrome, yes. right? So sometimes they need to manage things differently and so forth. So there are medications that will also work to to, to balance the, the fluid uh, transfer between your intestines and your body to to, to work on the bowels uh, as well as stimulate the movement and things like that. But they're definitely um, not first line. You wouldn't go with those on a first line basis. Even when you go see your doctor, likely your doctor is monitoring, to, monitoring you to say, are you getting the fiber? Are you getting the water? Are you getting the physical activity first, right? Because it, it, at the end of the day, um, constipation for most people actually is because they're not getting those three things, by the way, right? right. Um, and otherwise, if they're not getting those, if they are getting those three things, there might be something else that's causing it, right? So you got to figure that out. Um, but if you're getting the fiber and, the, and, and those three things we talk about, generally it's good. I want to talk all about the whole urgency thing too, because there's a fourth item, which is some people may not go to the washroom when their body's telling them that they need to, and they might be holding it. And there's reasons for that, right? It's maybe, you know, we talk, you know, kids sometimes will do that on a regular basis, but as adults, um, some adults may choose to say, I'm more comfortable going to the washroom at home, right? So they may hold it while they're out and about for the day and so forth and things like that. There is a situation there where your body will start getting used to not responding to those signals. That signal is your body saying you need to go. And when you tell your body, well, I'm going to force you not to go, over time, if you do that too often, then your body will not respond to that signal. And then that also can lead to constipation because your body's not going to realize, oh, well, I need to go, so I'm not. And you can constipate it as well. So again, a fourth little tip in terms of prevention is that if you need to go, you should try to go as soon as uh, your body's telling you to. That's right. Get up from your desk and go. <laughs> Stop procrastinating. 416 Don't be shy. I know it may feel a little bit uncomfortable to call in to talk about bowel movements and constipation, but you know what? It's something we all have in common, and we shouldn't be shy in discussing it. You you should see the the literature on constipation when you look at it, because there's there's, people are used to dealing with this. There's charts and graphs of even just analyzing what stools look like and what stools are healthy and what aren't. And uh, there's there's ratings and 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 how you define whether somebody's whether it's diarrhea or whether it's uh, constipation or whether 
it's normal. So Well, just like <laughs> animals, you know, you notice with a cat or a dog, they always turn around and look at it. Yeah. And I think as yep. human beings, we do the same thing, too. I don't, I don't know what that is. That must be ingrained just to make sure we've gone or, you know. But they, when you look at it, it needs to be of a certain consistency, right, it's, it's to be actually, healthy. It's actually a good signal for you to actually see how healthy your dietary system, your, your digestive system is, is what your stools look like. Because if you're, if you're having diarrhea, you're having constipation, something's going on. Okay. Right, um, but if it's normal, then your your system's very healthy, and and typically it's you know from from a, a bowel movement perspective, it, it should be it should be solid but smooth. It should come out easily, right? It, it shouldn't have you shouldn't have a lot of straining or any straining at all. Really, is the ideal, right? Uh, and it shouldn't be so loose and watery and and not made up together. So, and people, most people know what good stools look like in terms of a bowel movement, and it should float, right? Is yeah. that because then it's 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 got more liquid in it, so it's, it, it hasn't been easily. sitting there. Waiting yeah. to go, and it's hardened. Like right? if, if it's um, how to describe this? If it's like lumpy, or also if uh, it's uh, uh, small, small ball like, like hard, like it, it means that something's going on, mm-hmm. and you do need to kind of look at, it, deal with it, and again, look at your diet and uh, fluid intake first. All right, let's go to Len in Brampton. You have a question for Billy Chung. Hello. Hi, Hi Len. Len. It's your turn. Yeah, no question, just a comment. Brussels sprouts, cabbage, um, spinach, broccoli. You have enough of that pineapple and lots, you know, enough fluid. It works. That sounds like a good, uh, a good diet. Ago, I was in Hawaii, and they've had a lot of pineapples there, and they had this program and the deco. Eat a pineapple and start a movement. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Okay, thanks that's for calling great, in, Len. Len. And, and that's exactly right. I'll go back. Look at what foods... Um, uh, provide the best fiber. Now, again, it may not be your favorite foods, so find some of your favorites. And when you actually look at the list, like the Brussels sprouts and broccoli and, and so forth, they're in the kind of that middle category of fiber in terms of the amount of fiber it is. So it's not a little bit of fiber. It's not a lot of fiber, but you eat enough of that, you get that balance. So, and, you know, not everybody likes to eat like, you know, nuts or chickpeas, things like that, right? So if, if, if what it means is finding something you like to eat, then getting enough of that to get the fiber get the fiber. That's it's, the important thing. It's amazing how many people swear by cabbage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've married into a Ukrainian family. They love cabbage. And this, that is, if you're constipated, exactly. then you have cabbage, have right? Have every day. And you'll be fine the next day. <laughs> Let's go to Marie in Hamilton. Go ahead. You're on Zoomer Radio. Yes. Hi. I'm calling with regards, more for my mother than my, myself. I don't have an issue with this, uh, this problem. Um, she has tried everything under the sun, and she is not able to have normal bowel movements whatsoever. She eats very, very healthy. She gets movement, drinks plenty of fluids, and uh, she's had to resort to going to the doctor <clears throat> Excuse me, on more than one occasion where they've tried all different types of uh, stool softeners or laxatives. Now she's actually taking one called PEG 3350. Mm-hmm. Yep. She has no luck whatsoever. She has to force herself to go maybe twice a week, and as a result, it's putting strain on her, and she has uh, issues with uh, now hemorrhoids. She's already got a heart issue, and she's afraid to force herself to go, and we really don't know what to do. We're at our wit's end here. Um, so you say that she goes to the doctor regularly around this, right? So Yeah, I... she, we've reported this over and over, over the past number of years, believe it or not. Yeah. And um, I suggested last time we were there, just a couple of weeks ago, that perhaps she had some type of blockage. Yeah. And uh, they did x-rays and they did an examination and they said, no, you are just so full of waste that it's like cement. Oh. 
Hmm. You know, and it's it's difficult. I'm just wondering if maybe the um, blood pressure meds that she's on is contributing to that. Yeah, so it's um, there are some medications that that can affect um, uh, constipation. It's the medications that may have a side effect from a, uh, a muscle perspective, mm-hmm. uh, affecting muscles. Uh, blood pressure medications there could be an effect because some of them have uh, effect on potassium, which then has an effect on how your water balance happens in your body as well. So there's those types of situations. Um, I think it's kind of like I mean you're describing a very complex situation that uh, needs to have kind of more people kind of looking at it and analyzing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also suggest the uh, that might be useful, both for if she has a regular pharmacist to go to and as well as her physician, is whether she's actually kept a diary of all the things. So a diary of what she's eating and drinking, how much she's getting, the fluids and so forth. Well, uh, she's drinking quite a bit of fluids because she takes uh, when she takes medications or whatever or yeah. even this peg, she'll have uh, a few glasses of water even before bedtime, which unfortunately keeps her going to the bathroom Up. during the night. Yeah. And she said to me, when she does have a bowel movement, it's almost powdery. It's more yeah. like she's losing this chemical, I guess, that's inside the medicine that she's taking for this. But it's not a normal bowel movement. Okay. And her, like I said, her diet is excellent. Lots of fruits and vegetables. Get her to write everything Fiber. Down. You know, she does everything right, I have to say. Yeah. Get her to write it all down. That way, the he- her healthcare providers can then see and visually know what's going on. And pr- maybe over the course of a week or a couple of weeks, write it all down, mm-hmm. and then it helps them better analyze what is. Ha- and and they can cross more things off the list. But that would be my first suggestion. And then I'd say keep looking into it. Don't give up on it. Yeah. Okay. Would it would it be possible maybe or, or a good idea to go to an enterologist? Uh, I would I would think at some point in time you would get a referral mm-hmm. if they can't resolve this. Yeah. Yeah, it, it sounds like resolved. that you might want to see a specialist yeah. for this. Cause I've, I've asked about that, and uh, they're always, you know, they, they always keep to put that off. They never seem to want to do that for yeah. some reason. Well, yeah, it sounds you like know? you have to be more pushy and I bossy, Marie. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that's for sure. Okay, thanks for okay, calling in. Thank you. Right, bye-bye. That wraps up this edition of Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Thank you, Billy Chung. Quite the topic, lots of fun. Yeah, you know what? A half hour goes by just like <laughs> that when we chat with our friends at the Ontario Pharmacists Association. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.